Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Urinal Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Network. I am Tim and this evening I'm joined by a full panel. I've got Sam. Evening. I've got Mr. Jared. Good evening. And all the way from Tup North, I've got Dan. Good evening. How are we doing, fellas? We good? Good. I mean, the silence is reassuring. Everybody's watching the England game as we're recording this, so I'll just assume that, I don't know, something's happened in that game, and, and that was why we got a, a prolonged silence there. Since we last recorded, we've played thrice, one thrice. That's all coming up on the other block. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, we do just need to address something. As many of you will have noticed, our most recent episode was hidden from public view and taken from the streaming platforms. Um, There has been speculation about why. We've also had messages of support. So we'd just like to clear up why it was taken down. Now, a few days after publishing that episode, we received a written message saying that legal action was being explored against the podcast. We decided that the easiest thing to do was remove the episode as ultimately we're just everyday posh fans. We've got families, jobs and other commitments. And we just do this for a hobby. We're trying to have fun. So we didn't really want the hassle of being threatened with legal action. To reiterate, though, nobody asked us to remove the pod. We made that call ourselves. Having listened back, whilst most of the pod had good, healthy discussion, we do acknowledge that one or two of the comments didn't come across in the best way. It's also worth mentioning that we tried to we tried to build the Yellow Block as a podcast set up to ultimately mimic the conversations of groups of fans, the sort of things that might happen before or after a game in a pub, for example, just throwing out reactive opinions and expressing views of the contributors. We also believe that generally we try to offer quite a, a balanced perspective. It's one of the reasons that we added additional hosts in Sam and Nathan in the summer to try and provide a bit more balance and equilibrium. 
Uh, we believe it's also fair to say that we've got no set agenda. We don't set out to be controversial and we're not a mouthpiece for the club, nor though are we anti the current ownership. We all have our, our own views, but there's that balance. We've also welcomed the current owners to join us in the past to have their say. And indeed, all three owners have been on the podcast at some point. Ultimately, we are disappointed with how things have played out and we have decided not to re-upload that particular episode. But in relation to that matter, we won't be commenting any further. Let's move on, though, because it's all very positive on the pitch. Silence of the Rams. Jared, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, Half time, season's over, boring game, dreadful all over us. 45 minutes later... And playoffs are ours. We're going up and we're going to be in the Champions League in three years. Yeah, first half was drab, weren't it? It was it was terrible. But um, I'm confident now. I honestly am. I thought the second half performance was really good. Mason Clark, uh, unbelievable, isn't he? I think what a, what a finish that was. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get a little excited now. You know what? You know what it reminded me of, and I saw somebody else make this reference on on Twitter. Um, you know the Portsmouth game pre-COVID, the one where that feel-good factor was there and we we played Portsmouth off the park and then we went into lockdown. I don't know about you, Sam, but it, it kind of had that sort of feeling yesterday, like suddenly everything had clicked and the playoffs are a reality. We've, we're looking at run-ins and stuff like that, like we were with Pompey, and suddenly the sky's the limit again. How much can change in two weeks, right? Yeah, that was 2-0 as well, wasn't it? So a bit of symmetry there. But yeah, we're not, obviously back then we were imperious, knocking four past Wickham and, and scoring four for fun regularly and getting clean sheets. So yeah, we're not quite there yet. But yeah, compared to the last pod two weeks ago, coming off the back of that Cheltenham defeat where, you know, so much possession did nothing with it and it all just felt like it was going to fizzle out. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's absolutely fair to have thought that at that point two weeks ago, just as equally fair as it is to think now we're on a real bit of charge here and um, and Derby and Bolton are looking over their shoulders. But it's th- these ne- this next set of games is huge because I think this is now the third time we've won three in a row this season. We've never gone on and won that fourth one. I think we got a draw once. So the longest unbeaten run we've done is four. And again, we said on the, the previous now taken down allegedly pod was that we we hadn't gone on that run and that's what we needed to go on. And if we can go on it now, well, what a you know best time of the season to to do it. And um, yeah, it's it's great. Three wins in a row. Bolton, I think, have only picked up a point in that time to really close that gap. Derby are looking over their shoulders now. I think it's you know Portsmouth with their draw are probably gone now. In reality, Wickham are still in it. So it's two places up for grabs. Four teams in it. Yeah, it is. But it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it was. It's. Just, I just. It never ceases to amaze me how much football can change on a literally over the matter of days or minutes even in a game because I think back to that last episode so two weeks back where we'd just been dicked 3-0 at home to Cheltenham and and for us at that point Sam the season was over right I mean we weren't we talked about how many points we were expecting from these three games and I think we sort of pitched somewhere between three and maybe four Uh, as it is we've come away with nine um, and there's just a different feel isn't there it's incredible and not just three wins, three great wins, right? Away at Lincoln, 3-0, who barely conceded all season. And then, you know, a, a 5-2 as well, um, obviously against Burton. And I know Burton are having, you know, a lower down and not had the best season, but still to score five away from home. And then 2-0 against Derby. And a lot of credit to to the manager as well, because it was drab at half time. And 
even if it hadn't worked out, it was good to see him changing it. And it, obviously it did work out, but he was going for it. Whereas Derby were maybe thinking, right, if we can get a draw here, that's good. It keeps them at arm's length. And I know Darren in his pre-match press conference had said, oh, you know, even if we lose, it's not the end of the world. You know, we'll be seven points behind and, and talking about drawing as well. But, you know, it was good then to actually hear him sort of go, go against that. And I know he has to say what he has to say to, to relax the players, but then really going for it at half time, changing it and it, and it paid off. So, um, yeah, players as well need a lot of credit for the way they've bounced back from that Cheltenham game because it was, um, yeah, they needed to show a response and they have done three times over. They have. And it's that bounce back ability that uh, th- that we've talked about around personality. Uh, Dan, for, for you, I mean, yeah, we, we lost the um, uh, the game prior to Cheltenham and we were poor. But, but even prior to that, we yes, we'd beaten Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, but it wasn't overly convincing. We'd lost to, to Wednesday as well before that. Prior to these three games, that we weren't, we just weren't looking good, irrespective of results. What what do you think's changed in that time? I think it's difficult to tell, really, isn't it? I think it's important that we're getting a bit of stability at the back. It was something we've not really had all season. You know, we conceding left, right, and centre in a lot of these games, and, and to come away from from these three games with two clean sheets, you know, things look positive just on that that basis alone. Um, it, it seems like the squad is more confident in their ability to not only control the tempo of the game, but also push on and, and, and actually get those those shots off, those passes off that previously we looked maybe scared to do. You know, and, and, and confidence is a big thing in football. You know, it's just what form is built on. And it, it, it sort of paints a, a nice picture of what the end of the season might be. Whether I think we will actually get there, yeah, that's a different story, but... We, we are starting to look like the team that everyone thought we might be at the start of the season when we came down and we still had all these championship quality players and we barely lost much of the squad. And and if we can actually turn that into a successful season, you know, based on where we were, what, even four weeks ago? Amazing. I'm well happy. Yeah, with, with that uh, Derby game, Joe, there was one kind of... I suppose criticism that seemed to kind of rile through a lot of the the match reactions yesterday was uh, Joe Ward, um, particularly over the last few games, his, his inability to control the ball, to find first passes, and so on and so forth. And I, I don't want to go in too hard on him because all of the players deserve credit for the reaction from the Cheltenham game. But ultimately, he is out of contract soon, so we need to have the Joe Ward discussion. Um, where are you at at the moment? Does he does he put the pen to paper, or are we holding off now? No, I think we should certainly be trying to keep him. He's a very, very good player at League One. I mean, people throw at him inconsistency, but every League One player is inconsistent. Um, majority of them are because they wouldn't be in League One if they wasn't. You know, if Joe Ward played like Joe Ward can every game or eighty percent of them, he wouldn't be in League One. Um, so for me, he's a very good player for us. He's been with us a long while as well. I think that's important as well to have long-serving players, and Joe Ward is certainly one of them. So no, for me, we should be trying. Um, Again, if it can't happen, we've got a budget, haven't we? So um, if it can't happen, it won't. But yeah, for me, we should be definitely trying to keep him. And in the championship, back end of the championship, last in the running, he played really well, didn't he? He did well. So now he, he can go higher. Um, but again, it's down to consistency, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I guess talking, I mean, it's a fair point around, um, you know, good League One player is that consistency uh, and talking about kind of good League One stuff uh, Sam you went on the Derby podcast uh, this week um, and you mentioned that, that Darren Ferguson is uh, a great League One manager 
for, for you, if even if there is no promotion this year, are you, are you happy for him to to stay at the club in the summer? Um, kind of <laughs> a fence sitting answer here because on, on based on history and his his results, and you know, if we don't go up, then then yes, because of that success in League One. If we do go up, I'm I, I'm not sure. I mean, he's had a few chances, hasn't he? And it just didn't work last time. So whether Posh just need to look at other options. But then again, if are you crazy to change a manager who's just got you up and has got all that momentum? I, I, honestly, I don't know where my head's at with that one at the moment. But I think it's a big, big moment for Posh, as you say. Even if they go, even if they go up, or even if they don't, because of what they said when he signed in January, um, what he said in the past as well. Um, but it's going to be a big decision for the club, a big call, and their reasoning and an explanation behind it needs to be needs to be solid, I think. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it certainly won't be a quiet summer, will it, for, from that perspective? No, and I guess when is it? What The thing is, though, Sam, obviously you've got a, a unique perspective on, on Darren. You, you would have built that relationship up. But it, it's been rocky, it's probably fair to say at times. Um, the Do you think he would want it, irrespective of what the, the club may want? Do you think he would want another crack at the Championship, bearing in mind how it was left last season? Well, I mean, Darren's like his dad in a, in a way. He doesn't really let the media in. He doesn't break down those walls at all, really. So you never fully know what's going on in his mind. But I think it's fair to say that he does have, of course, he's going to have a special place for the club, you know, 500 appearances as manager and all the promotions and all the tribulations as well and everything that that, that they've been through. Um, you know, he obviously stayed living locally, even when he was managing other clubs. So I think he, yeah, he does, it does hold a special place in his heart. So if anyone's going to get him back into League One, it will probably be, be posh but honestly honestly don't know I, I can't I can't call it come the end of the season I'm not sure I'm not sure which way it's going to go but um you know because he's he's been on record hasn't he as well saying he wants a project to get stuck into um sort of away from posh but yeah it is it, 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 it's, it's an interesting one and posh was obviously going to potentially be in this situation when they said it's short term only till the end of the season when he came in January so we'll see if that's how it materializes or if it if it changes Probably slightly less on the fence, Dan. I'm guessing uh, in terms of your view of Fergie going into the summer. <sighs> How many chances are we going to give the man? He's a posh legend. I do not dispute that, and I love Darren Ferguson. But if we fall for the same mistake that we have on three separate occasions prior, what are we even doing here? You know, we don't deserve to be in the championship if we continue to make the same mistakes that get us down every single time we go there it, it it's it's laughable to be honest you know we were calling for his head constantly when he went on a three month long losing streak and you know just the difference in the squad after he'd left was you know it was night and day and we very nearly stayed in the championship by some sort of miracle you know we weren't that far off in terms of points and the performances towards the end of the season by you know one or two bad results were absolutely outstanding and yes he's fantastic for us in league one he will always be fantastic for us in league one but he's got a short-term contract and i think if the club is serious about the ambitions and expectations of where we should be in two five ten years time we cannot 
give him a new contract. We have to go out and get someone with either championship experience and experience of keeping a side up in the championship or someone young and hungry that has new ideas. And look, if that doesn't work out, right, fine, fair enough. We go and we try and get someone that, again, is better experienced and, and you know, just give it a good go. But we'll get we're Fergie always going to have January. Trouble. Yeah, well, it probably will happen, won't it? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll start the season with someone new and, and, and hungry and then go back to Fergie in, in February and everyone will be saying, oh, well, you know, he's a club legend and all this. And, I, I need to watch what I say because I know we're going to make the same mistake and I know Fergie's going to be here in a year's time and we're going to be on the back of another losing streak regardless of what league we're in. So, you know, it doesn't really matter my opinion, but no, we should not have Fergie in the championship and I will stand by that flag for the rest of my days. Uh, Jared, uh, Lincoln away prior to uh, the Derby win. Uh, Can I not talk about Fergie? Well, if you if you've got a point to make about Fergie, then by all means do. No, just touching on Good, whether Fergie point, will be Jared, really well made. That so, talk to me about Lincoln away. How did that play? I'm going to talk about Darren Ferguson. <laughs> um, yeah, regarding Fergie in the championship, for me, it doesn't really. I just can't see anyone making any difference in the championship. I think we were a club of a certain size. Um, I like Darren Ferguson a lot. I agree with Dan in, in regard to you know we, we would be making the same mistake again again and again and again and um, so you know it'd be wise to try something else but for me the other manager could be in the same boat it's like trying to get me up Everest on a hot day it's it's very unlikely to happen and I can't see you know any change in that whether it's a new manager or not but again you've got to try something else haven't you so for me I think in the summer if he, even if he does get us up it would and I, I think Fergie would would also probably want to He'd be looking at other jobs. I really believe that. He knows the challenge of keeping Posh in the championship. He, again, um, Sam brought up in a, in a previous episode of the coach's voice. A fantastic interview with Darren Ferguson. And all the all the points he raised there are still there. So for me, yeah, a change of direction is needed in the summer regardless. And uh, let's see what someone else can do. I, th- that's a, I think that's a great point, Jared, seeing it from Darren's perspective. Like if he... Will he be thinking, I can't do this again in the Championship with Posh because if it fails, I'm back to League One again. If Posh do go up, will he use that as his launch pad for another Championship club? Because that's something he said, didn't he, in that interview with the coach's voice. And when he left Posh, he he couldn't face the prospect of being back in League One. So his stock will never be higher at Posh than off the back of a League One promotion, arguably higher then than it would be, you know, even if Posh are in a safety, you know, outside the bottom three, that would still look better for him that launch pad than just being sort of keeping his head above water in the championship. On the EFL show on ITV4, um, ITV were at London Road for the whole day and they interviewed him after and, you know, they said, why, you know, why posh again? And he couldn't really answer it. He said, I, you know, I know it's a bit, a bit crazy. He said, but again, in my thought process was I was out for 10 months. There's a lot of young up and coming managers coming up the football league and, you know, I've got to get back in at some point. So, my understanding was, he, he, I think he, he interviewed for three or four jobs a couple of months before you know, coming back to Posh and, and was unsuccessful, which for me is unbelievable with his CV at that level. But yeah, I think it just, it fitted at the right time. But yeah, I think it is, like you say, um, just echo what Dan said, it's probably time for a different different direction. Yeah, that's a very balanced view. It's probably a, um, it's probably in keeping, I guess, with what's happening on the pitch at the minute, the fact that we're starting to talk about the potential for a manager in the championship and where we are, it's, it, you know, it goes back to what we were saying before about two weeks ago, we were talking about, 
you know, would we uh, would we sort of um, be looking at relegation in League One next year? It's incredible how quickly uh, things change. But back to what's been happening since we last talked, Jared. Lincoln away. Um, this was traditionally a place that we struggle with, but I, ironically, a place that it seems the whole league has struggled with this year. Their home record was insane prior to us rocking up and playing them off the park. Yeah, I couldn't believe that stat. And yeah, I'm glad it was us to do it. And you would have never thought um, earlier on in the season that with our waveform that it would have been us to do it. But we were bloody brilliant. It was a, it was a, I mean, Sam, it was a, you don't go to a place like Lincoln and win 3 0 and be anything other than a good performance. But it, it was a, it was a, a very posh-like performance. They had that mentality of, do you know what, if Lincoln score, it doesn't matter because we can score two. They dominated the ball. Um, the sort of man-to-man stats, when you look at jewels and um, individual possession and stuff like that, was one of the best that we've seen this season. Um, aerially, they were really good. It probably goes back to what Dan was saying about um, that stability at the back. Um, and even even little things that we've not seen this year, like set pieces, they seem to start to be a bit more productive. It definitely felt like everything clicked that day away at Lincoln and the atmosphere was good. It, it was just one of those ones that will will stay with the fan base for a while, I think. Yeah, it was a, it was it was a great game. And you know, that 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 Johnson Clark Harris goal was was great to watch because it was the high press to win the ball back and that energy. And then Ogbetter, and there's probably room if we can to discuss him over the past few games because he's been he's been incredible. Um, you know, coming forward and and, and, and taking that ball and then the best bit of it was the Burroughs dummy, you know, and normally when you talk about dummies, it's through the legs, but to duck down and then let the ball run to Clark Harris, it was, it was, it was a great goal. And um, yeah, I just, you know, Posh have pulled it out of the bag the last three games. And I know people will sort of say, oh, why are you overly negative when it's looking negative and why are you overly positive when it's looking positive? Well, that's how, that's how fans react, isn't it? That's just the, that's just nature and, and that's just life. And, you know, you'll get criticised when you pull out bad stats, but their stats, they're there. They're not given with any leaning or meaning. It's just that's that's presenting as it is, just like you do with the positive ones. And at the moment, last three games, it's been really positive for Posh on sort of all the metrics you choose to, you know, you choose to go with. And, and you know, we've also mixed things up a bit as well with formations in games. And, and you know, we talked about stability at the back, but obviously being without Edwards and then Knight coming in and alongside Kent again. So they've had quite a lot thrown at them the past few games. And, um, yeah, I think we predicted, didn't we, that, that we'd probably only get the three points from Burton away, Lincoln away and, and Derby at home. And it's 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 three great performances, three great wins and three very different wins as well. So um, Lincoln was will always be particularly enjoyable with it being Lincoln and with it being away. And as Jared said, our away form being what it has been. So, um, yeah, great. And, and, you know, and I think the day was made even better because of the early kickoff. And then other results went our way as well. It was like the, the perfect day. So, um, yeah, that was a great one. It just shows really, Sam, that we know nothing, really. We've got no right to be talking about the club. Well, allegedly, Tim, but we knew that anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Interesting note, you say about uh, about Johnson Clark Halland, as I saw somebody call him the other day, and although that would probably be a help if I actually pronounce his name properly, Johnson Clark Harland would probably be more appropriate. Um, interesting stat that uh, PUFC stats put out on Twitter. So here's one for you, Sam. Uh, based on who who do you think out of all previous uh, posh strikers who do you think has the highest goals per 90 minutes in league games since 2007 so who has the the highest number of goals uh, in a posh shirt per 90 minutes and this is uh, strikers that have played a minimum of 25 games um i'm going to well i mean obviously you're, i'm is the obvious answer Clark Harris because that's why we're asking it but i'm not going to go down that route tim i'm not going to let you lead me down that path i'm going to go for Assuming he played 25 games, Dwight Gale. There's a cracking shout. So Dwight Gale isn't in the top five. Wow. Okay. That's because, yeah, he scored for fun, didn't he? But then I suppose it was the championship he played in. So you've got that context. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you are quite right. Johnson is uh, is top of that. Bearing in mind, you look at the strikers that we've had in that time. So the top five. So in fifth, uh, no, I'll go, I'll go top to bottom. So Johnson Clark Harris is uh, top of that charts. 0.62 goals per 90 minutes in league games. Second is Ivan Tony. Third is Jack Marriott. Fourth is Britt Asombalonga. And I can guarantee that none of you will get number five. Dan's taking a punt. Scott Rendell. No. no. Hogan Ephraim. No, this is since 2000. I was going to go Connor Washington. Not a bad shout, but he's also not in the top five, surprisingly. Yeah. June, Junior Marais. Marais. No, it's David Ball. Oh, God. In the top That's five. Balling. Incredible in stuff, though. Incredible stat. It's a wonderful stat. Never but... forget when he was at Posh and, and the manager always used to say every single week, he's the best finisher at the club and he wouldn't play him. Yeah, it sounds about right. But it does go to show in all seriousness just how prolific Johnson Clark Harris is because the very this very evening, this very evening even, we're waiting for um Jarrah Southgate to finally give Ivan Tony his England cap. That's potentially gonna happen whilst we're recording this. It probably won't, but it may happen. And yet we've got Johnson Clark Harris here who is looking like he's gonna become two times League One golden boot winner. And I don't know. I wonder if maybe we don't give him the credit he deserves uh, because he is, stats suggest, better than Ivan Tony, certainly at this level. So I do wonder if maybe we need to... Uh, it just goes on what you were saying, Sam, really. It kind of teed me up quite nicely in terms of um, the, the credit we need to give him, particularly over these last few games. And I think, obviously, a whole season of that's been in the Championship as well. Tony wasn't in the Championship with Posh and it was you know fewer games as well. So Clark Harris has done it better for longer in a one season in a more difficult league so yeah I mean his stats his stats are incredible and I I, I wouldn't know it without obviously going through and looking but I'm fairly sure he's never really been on a goal drought either like four games maybe in the league is his maximum without a goal perhaps four or five maybe maybe it did stretch to six in the championship at some point when we're on that awful run and couldn't score but he's just been so consistent um, and, and kicked on another level when he got the armband last season as well. 
Yeah. Uh, Jared, one other player that I wanted to, to talk to you about who has really kicked on, uh, probably highlighted this really over the last few games, but certainly against Derby, um, is Ogbeta. Now, he is a lone player and we need to stop falling in love with lone players because we end up disappointed in the following transfer window. But, I mean, this is this a realistic transfer, do we think? I think if we was to be promoted, possibly, I think we'd have, we'd have a chance. I think he's out of... He's out of favour at Swansea, wasn't he? So this is, there's a chance. But again, with lone players, you have to be careful, don't you? We did it with that um, with Bender. We all, we all fell in love with him and it was completely pointless because I think he took a pay cut in his loan deal to come here. So it's, it's difficult with lone players. But listen, he looks a really, really good player. He's ever so attacking, isn't he? But he's also good uh, going back as well, which is very rare for fullbacks, as we know, a la Mark Little. So yeah, I'd love to see him sign a, a long-term deal, but unlikely, I'd say. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's he's everything that I think we needed at the right time uh, in terms of when he came into the club. He's, he's exactly what we needed. Is that missing piece and could potentially yet uh, be the key role for us if we do get into the playoffs. Uh, Dan, one other player I want to throw at you, Mason Clark. This guy is uh, improving week on week. Uh, he is destined, it would seem, for very high things. Yeah, it's he continues to impress. I don't think many people thought that he would do too much when he came into the squad. Just, you know, a, another player to add to the array of attacking options. And, you know, that was obviously when we thought we had Jack Marriott for the for the long haul. And, you know, we, we were going to do bits. And I, I think, for me, he's been the standout of the season. He, he's continued to impress. He can play a variety of positions and he plays them all very well. And he, he, he's just a machine, isn't he? You know, you pair him with, with Johnson Clark-Harris, who does so much more than just score, even though he's our most prolific scorer for, you know, for the last 15 years. It, it, this squad is starting to take shape and that's fantastic. However, it, it sort of lends itself to the bigger issue at heart. Why wasn't this squad playing very well earlier in the season? Because it's not all down to better this this turn in form. And, you know, it, it also poses the question that we, we sort of addressed earlier what happens to Fergie at the end of the season? You know, it, it would be absolutely typical of Posh to go and get promoted now and we all get really positive and then three months down the line after the transfer window's closed and we, you know, we get our opening game against Luton, no doubt, that we no doubt lose against. You know, we're without Ogbetter, we're with Fergie and it's just, it's going to be drab again. I, I, I'm really trying to manage my expectations of this season because, you know, there's eight games left, nine games left, whatever it is. And I, I think we've got a really good chance now. And I'm, I'm sort of unsure of how I feel about that. I'll just uh, refer everyone to our opening gambit where we talked about balance. Uh, on one end of the scale, we have the ever pessimistic uh, Dan. Uh, on the other end of the scale, let's go, Sam. You can be optimistic here, right? I mean, the, the, the likes of Mason Clark, Ogbetter et al., they are making the players around them play better, right? I mean, there's other players we could mention. Norburn coming back has been a huge plus for the club. Um, there's so many areas of the pitch where things are just improving, right? Yeah, I think Obeta is a key piece of the puzzle that we didn't have from from the summer recruitment. Obviously, the goalkeeper situation has changed as well. And as you say, Norburn coming coming back in, as well as the improvement in people like Mason Clark. But, I mean, Norburn's a really interesting one because I went to Sheffield Wednesday away and that was his first start back, I think, wasn't it? He'd made a sub-appearance before then. And, and I mean, obviously, he's been out for a long time and it, it looked like that. It showed like some of his first touches were, were really heavy, really quite poor. 
Um, but, you know, again, since then, like with all the players, really been a driving force and, and kicking posh on. So um, that's why it's just a good time at the moment to find that consistency in your team lineup and find that consistency in form as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, is it is a, at this moment in time, obviously, eight games to go, one point off those two. It looks really good. But then you think about where we've come from over the past couple of weeks. We have to maintain that. And too many times this season, we haven't done that. We've, we've done those three in a row and then we've trailed off or gone on a patchy bit of form. So that's this is the real challenge now. This squad needs to kick on like it hasn't done all season in terms of wins in a row or unbeaten games in a row. It needs to be ruthless. And that's the real marker, I think, because they haven't done it so far. So there is that tempered confidence going into these final eight games. Um, but as I said, what, what a time to do it if they can. Then, of course, there's the matter of the playoffs and you're going to be facing possibly one of Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday um, or Plymouth who have been running so hot all season. But, you know, it, it's just nice now, I think, to be in this position and talking about something left in the season, which which I think even, you know, other than the most optimistic of posh fans a few weeks ago, were thinking it was looking very unlikely, if not nigh and impossible. Absolutely. Uh, some uh, just to interrupt the pod. Some breaking news: uh, Ivan Tony is currently warming up and removing bibs. It looks like he may be about to make his uh, England debut, much to Jared's dismay. There, I can see him rolling his eyes. Um, however, this may have financial implications for the club potentially, Mister Farmer. So this is relevant. And once he's got that England cap, I feel at that point we can finally stop talking about Ivan Tony. And I fully expect, by the way, the club to put out a tweet later on today celebrating the fact that one of our own has uh, just been capped for England. Before you retort and get angry with me, though, Jared, you mentioned Bender. I just want to quickly circle back round to Norris. This is a player who's faced his fair share of criticism, relatively mixed opinions amongst the fan base. However, free agent in the summer. Uh, would you take him at this point? No. No, I think we can do better. Um, he's got good pedigree, isn't he? You look at his... Um previous clubs but no I don't think um I think we can do better than than Norris to be honest fair enough short and sweet just how we like it um Sam you mentioned playoffs so it's it's kind of a four or five team mini league at this point for, for fifth and six so you've got Bolton in fifth on 64 points Derby also on 64 points in sixth Posh seventh on 63 Eighth are Wickham on 61, and then ninth are Pompey on 58, possibly a bit beyond Pompey now. You start to look at run-ins, though. So if we start on fifth and work back, uh, Bolton have, if I'm honest, probably the easiest run-in. They don't have any real big teams. They've got Shrewsbury, they've got Oxford, nobody that really stands out. Derby are in indifferent form, and they are still to play Wednesday. They're still to play Pompey. They're still to play Ipswich up next. So you would expect if there is a gap to open up in that in that playoff spot, it's probably going to be Derby that drop. Posh have a, a favourable run in. Yes, we've still got to play Ipswich. Of course, we've got the Cambridge game, which form is irrelevant in games like that. But you would look at the fixtures and think, yeah, I'll take that at this point of the season. Um, and then Wickham and Pompey have both got, um, well, they've got to play each other on the last game of the season, but they've got relatively in different run-ins too. So you'd have to say there's optimism. Is Barnsley our last, our last game of the season? Yeah. I oh, think riding on yeah, that. Sorry, our last game of the season is Barnsley. You're right, we've got Barnsley to play as well and um, potentially a lot to play for at that point. Yeah. Um, 
yeah it's it, it's it's hard isn't it because you don't know then which teams are going to then have nothing to play for maybe when you get to those games and someone might play someone who's got more to play for later in the season and not as much earlier you know people do those predictors don't they and those runnings i hate them because one i rubbish at them two they take ages and three just yeah you just just impossible to to do but um yeah i think i think the good thing is now we've seen an uptick in our in our away form so it's not all not all pressure on home but yeah i think quietly optimistic the running looks okay is what i'd say from our point of view obviously we said a couple of big ones in there but um yeah i think if we you know if we win is it oxford next if we win if we win that then we're we're looking four in a row we're looking really good and i'd fancy us against anyone yeah, so looking ahead between now and the next time that we record. So we are at home to Oxford uh, next Saturday. Uh, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury again, away this time uh, on Easter Friday. And then on Easter Monday, it's Exeter at home. So three fixtures. I mean, you'd like to think that that would be favourable, right? How many points are we looking at out of that, Jared? So this is Oxford home, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury away, Exeter home. Yeah, I think we'll beat Oxford at home. Shrewsbury, take a point, wouldn't you? So, and then Exeter, home, you're looking for the win. I would say seven, and I think that's what we'll get as well. We're in good form, I think. This end of the season, in the run-in, you go back to Darren Ferguson in League One this time of year. History might repeat itself. Yeah, uh, Sam, for you then, uh, out of them three games, I mean, we've we've kind of, you know, we're way off being able to predict this at the minute, but where are you at with this? I think, I think Jared's right. We need seven. We need, we need this unbeaten run now. We need, we need it. Win a couple of home games, draw away. That would be, that would be good for Posh's point of view. But yeah, the seven is what we need. Six would obviously be good, but, but maybe not. You're getting in the territory where every point is vital. So yeah, I'll go for seven. Um, win the home ones and, and a draw away. We'll take that. Dan, for you. I echo the sentiment entirely. I think, you know, Shrewsbury, it's it's not the easiest place for us to go. I think a draw is 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 more than a fair result, you know, based on on, on past results. Um and I'd like us at home. I think we need to be wary of Ox uh, Exeter, sorry. Um, you know, based on on how well they're doing and and you know, the, the run of games and goals that they're scoring. You know, they put five past Accrington uh no, sorry. Yeah, five past Accrington yesterday. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just one to be wary of. But, you know, we look great at home, bar, you know, Cheltenham. Um, so, yeah, I think seventh fair puts us in good standing. Um, we don't know how well Bolton are going to come back from their final uh, in the, the Pot Noodle Cup. So, you know, it's it's always hit and miss where the teams bounce back from, from uh, their performance at Wembley, whether it's good or bad. So, we have as good a chance as we could have hoped for at this point in the season based on where we were three months ago. And yeah, I mean, that's yeah, fair. Let's, let's, let's see where we are in three weeks' time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Jared, here's a fun stat for you. Uh, it was approximately 43 seconds between Ivan Tony coming onto the pitch and Peter United tweeting uh, to congratulate him on that. Uh, could I just get your final thoughts on that, please? Can you hear the tin pot or not? <laughs> Look, we can we can put it to bed now. He's an England international. No, listen, I, I get it. He's he is the best player we've ever had, in my opinion. I think he's unbelievable. Um, but he's not thinking of us like we're thinking of him. Let's drop it. Wonderful player. 
move on. Good luck to him. Yeah, here, here. I agree with that. Uh, we just need the fan base to follow suit. I mean, look, the, the ultimate thing was he's going to be an England player one day. There's nothing left now for the fans to claim, right? So hopefully it will uh, it will drop off. Maybe when he scores his first England goal, perhaps we'll, we'll let him have that as well. But yeah, he's. I agree with you. He's not... He's not coming off the pitch and seeing how posh have got on uh, in uh, while he's been playing. That's that's very true. Uh, any other business, fellas, before we wrap up for two weeks? Good, wonderful. Well, I hope you've got me an Easter egg. Uh, by the time we record again, it will be Easter Monday. So. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Urino Block. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. And join us next time up the posh. <laughs>